Eternal Dirtles is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon.com. You can join them at Patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles. Thanks. Man, I ain't got no motherfucking blue cards. That's why I cast Enchantress, you filthy fucking net decker. Bad boys magic. You know who the villain is? Ha ha First off, cast a scroll to the off the game. Wild girl, doesn't matter, fucking shit's the same. You claim islands be the best, but you dumb and insane. I'll choke you out like a bout between Khabib and his spray. Oh, you in the red zone, bitch? Pump the brakes. Crawling through the grass where them fat elephants graze. Enchanting and then banishing those cars that you love. And you can't touch my shit, cause they're in a sterling grub. Scaping doves, your spells suck. One one's in the sky. I'm chilling for gripping in solitary confinement. Fly shit, kill condition, El Drazi. Sarah Sanctum is ramping to your demise. So rest Peace, pop a peace with this field of energy. Helm of obedience, filling out your library. Green sun tutors out whatever that I need. And your blue deck smells like that gross fucking cheese. So sign the slip when your deck gets stomped. Check the box that says you dropped. Your days are numbered, pay one. What's the difference? You about to get spaghetti monster business. Annihilate them up. Man, all these fucking scope go piled. They ain't even on my level. They ain't even on my level. Did they even know what Sarah Shanker does? How much mana Shanker Sarah even produces? I'm gonna enchant these motherfuckers. Beat the top three like Miri got guile. Suppressing fields. Checks all the piles. We all got a wish that we live in. Except mine involves big, fat, busted, weak conditions. Two-way giant, what's the word? Replenishing the board is absurd. Head into oblivion, ring around your dissonance. My deck is an engine while your deck is ridiculous. Open up my seven, pop the ley line. Sanctity and place I'm a grand Santa by. Call me a magister of worth. Willing the council to cast this curse. You my captive audience, please don't concede. Unless you a bitch, you can't handle these beats. I be like Arkin, Valis Reed. Take you down to temple where Gaddock teeth preach. Clovis be dressing in blessings and testing aggression with weapons and helmets like we Amazons. Cetessian champion slamming into your companion and trampling into oblivion. Stepping on my carpet while it flowering. I'ma bust this game, Eric Lowering. Your days and number pay one. What's the difference? You about to get spaghetti monster business annihilator. Huh? Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? What up, fam? Yo. Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing okay. I, I apologize to you guys immediately for uh, not thinking about the fact that we were supposed to record just now. I'm wearing the t-shirt, for God's sakes, to remind myself. <laughs> and, and you said 7 p.m., which yeah. is early for us. Yeah. yeah. No, 7 yeah, that's 100% my fault. I completely apologize. It's, it's well, don't apologize to us. Apologize to our, <laughs> apologize to our esteemed guest, Eli Goings, Goblin Lackey 1 of Goblin's fame. Hello, Eli, did hello. I say your Did I say your last name right? Yes, you did. I, I didn't know if it was it's, like some it's, other it's, it's deceptively easy. It's just going it's with this. I know it doesn't, but it doesn't seems like it should be something else. <laughs> well, I, I will definitely apologize. And I also want to thank you for the support you've given the podcast over the years, just by, you know, bullshitting with us on Reddit and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's one of the, one of the few times I comment on the subreddit is usually when you guys drop an episode. Yeah. We should start posting them there more. <laughs> we, uh, but anyway, like, well, I'm really happy to have you on, and um, I know you were on a couple weeks ago with Everyday Eternals. So we wanted to put some space between that and this. Yeah. I'd really <laughs> say, 
I'm gonna be on uh, leaving a legacy on Monday, so it's it's long overdue. You, you, it's you goblin's ought, time. You ought to be getting yeah, it's goblin's time exactly. Well, we'll put ours out on Sunday then, Zach. Write that down. Fair enough. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk to you about uh, about how things are going in the world of goblins. So I think that we should start maybe just by maybe you could tell us a little bit about like how you how did you become the goblins guy for legacy. Like, um, when did you decide, when did you sort of say like, <laughs> I mean, we were talking a little bit before about you like, you have a Patreon and you create content now for goblins and that's what you're known for. Like, how did you, uh, how did, how did you get to this point where you loved goblins enough to do that? Okay. Um, so I guess it kind of started with, there used to be, um, I mean, I, I was like really into the deck and I was really into legacy and I was looking for more and more content, like more and more coverage that sort of thing of the deck being played, right? So I, I watched all the SCG archives that had Legacy Goblins playing. I you know, was you know trying to find it on YouTube, and you know not many people were streaming it on Twitch at the time. Uh, the only guy who was really doing it was uh, German Lackey JPR, who got some notoriety uh, kind of within the community for he won a Star City, like a pretty one of the bigger classics um, with goblins, and like this was when Death Rate was legal and all that. So he was like. Yeah, hell yeah, man. You know, um, so he he was streaming a, a, a decent while, but then he stopped uh, for a long time. I think he's just about to get started uh, up again, like later this week. Even he's going to start streaming again, so that's really cool. But he he was like the only one doing Goblins content, um, and I had all these ideas, and like I, I've been so like kind of obsessive over Goblins because it's this puzzle that refuses to be solved, um, and there's there's just so many like nitty gritty details that I constantly go back and forth about of like you know do I want this for this do I want this for that um, and I test it for a little bit tinker all these kinds of things so I'm constantly fiddling with lists and uh, so that kind of just really brought me into the deck like a ton and then um, as you know since no one else is doing content and I also realize like, it's kind of a running joke in uh the goblins community is that whenever goblins shows up on camera for like a paper paper legacy thing it inevitably loses it's the goblins coverage curse <laughs> i have the uh, same curse yeah we, we actually have that curse <laughs> as a podcast yeah um and so like you know uh mike hadley who's one of the greatest goblins players um he he's actually going to be on my stream tomorrow no spoilers exciting um he uh He's been in. He's day two to a whole bunch of GPs with goblins. He's got. He's very consistent. Uh, day two, like every legacy GP with goblins. Um, but whenever he shows up on camera, he'll lose like even a good matchup. Like he kept. He'll he'll play against miracles and he'll just get like ridiculously flooded or whatever. And <laughs> so it's like, come on, can we get the the win one time on camera? And so that kind of led me to. It's like if if no one else is making this if no one else is going to break the goblins coverage curse, I should just do it myself. Right. Um, and so I started streaming, uh, like two and a half years ago, I think. Yeah. It's been uh, a while that you've been doing it. Yeah. So it was, it was the, yeah, it was the summer. It was the summer after I graduated college. So the summer of 2018. Um, yeah. So I guess full two years, full two years now. Um, and I kind of just started, like, I think my first stream, I didn't, first two streams, I didn't even have Moto yet. I didn't have any cards. So I was just, I was just streaming Cockatrice. Um, 
And then my friend Marcelo, uh, who's one of like the mainstays of the Goblins community, uh, who is known for who's my teammate for the Legacy Double Dash. He won the Bologna PTQ uh, with Goblins, which was really exciting. Um, the GP Bologna PTQ. Uh, and he beat Rodrigo Tagores in the, in the finals on Checkpile, um, which I would have loved to have watched the match, but didn't get to, obviously. Um, RIP coverage. Uh, <laughs> but he, you know, so he, he's a phenomenal Goblins player. And so he lent me his all of his motor cards. Like he said, he wasn't really playing that much, so he just gave me the whole deck um, and let me play a whole lot. And so I just grinded leagues until I got enough ticks to uh, pay pay for my own cards and give them back to him. And that was kind of the the whole start. I mean, that's living the dream, really, to be able to get enough tickets to by winning to get a deck. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, Zach, he graduated from college in 2017. 2018. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> uh, I graduated from college in 2006, so it's <laughs> been a while since we had the opportunity to just jam leagues all day, right? Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I really didn't play that. Like, I don't play more than three weeks. I, I think probably the most is, like, four leagues a week, and that's, that's like, absolutely the most. I, I average probably, like, two a week. Yeah. Um, and, and I never, you know, obviously I like paper magic a lot more. It's really fun when I get to do it, but, uh, where I was living kind of in central, central Pennsylvania, um, there wasn't a legacy scene at all. Uh, I didn't have a good means of transportation to get to, you know, the one that was like 30 minutes away or whatever. Um, and so Moto was kind of the solution for me. I was looking for a job. I had I was kind of part time part time employed by various like like a former professor hired me to do some work for him. Mm-hmm. I was tutoring uh, English. I was you know tutoring some um, some writing skills because uh, I, I have a kind of a humanities background. So I was I was also uh, looking into like Latin tutoring. I almost became a Latin teacher. Um, Whoa, that so is a, a, a rarity. I have a, I have a, I have a classics and archaeology, yeah. double nature. Cool. Um, so I was looking into the, those sorts of things, and I and so I was working on digital humanities stuff, digital classics, um, for for my college from alma mater, and then uh, so streaming kind of made up the uh, other part of the day, I guess, right? And my girlfriend was working at a high school uh, nearby as a uh, college and career advisor. Um, so we were, we were, the whole plan is just like try to save it for grad school. And that's still basically what we're doing. Um, I'm, I work, I work as a paralegal now, but, uh, it's, uh, still the ultimate goal of trying to get to grad school and streaming is just stream has become more and more of like my life and income because it grew way more than I ever thought it would be. I thought it would just be like kind of, you know, the, the people in the goblins discord popping in and like my couple of goblin diehard friends who I've met through the deck um, who you know would be watching, but now it's like, I I I applied for Twitch partner two days ago. Sweet, um, congratulations! I, yeah, so so I know a lot of people get rejected on their first couple applications, but even the fact that I hit the average, you know, uh, seventy five viewers required, and then like my last couple streams have been over a hundred viewers for a lot of it. And one hit two hundred, and it's like that's that's like totally crazy to me. Like absolutely insane. The the love has been amazing. Patreon's been really uh, blowing up this month, which like also is amazing because given the state of things like my girlfriend lost her job like the there's 
it, things are a little tight. Um, well, this is a perfect opportunity to plug your Patreon. What's your Patreon uh, link? Uh, I mean, it's just Goblin Lucky One Streaming on there. Uh, I can give you the link at the end of the cast. So yeah, like, we'll, we'll add that in. So I do. I do a lot for. I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it for a while, but I do for like the lowest tier, which is like three bucks. I got uh, a monthly article that I do on. It's either like kind of like a this month in legacy type thing, but also like focusing on Goblin deck developments. So talking about you know. We're seeing more of this, so this means we sh- these couple slots are in question. We want to change out our removal suite or something. Um, but I've also done some really deep dives, like 4,000 words on how to bulligan with the deck, what hands are keepable in like specific matchups, um, talking about uh, common play mistakes, sequencing. Uh, so those are the articles. And then $5 is a cyborg guide. Uh, everybody loves cyborg guides, right? That's like the number one yeah. requested thing. Um, <laughs> And Goblins is really hard to sideboard with. It's, there's a lot of unintuitive things going on. Like, when do you side out Aether Isle? Like, there are some matchups that's correct. <laughs> um, and, like, what matchups do you side out Ringleader? What matchups do you side out, you know, uh, various uh, one-ofs? Um, so and I've got, like, 30-something, or a little over 30 matchups on, on there. And then I've got, like, ins and outs, and then, uh, like, usually, like, a paragraph or two describing, like, the logic. Um, and then I had a series for, like, people who are really invested in like a, a recording series I called Goblin Gauntlet where I play against like other experts in their deck to talk about and like really, really deep dive on a matchup. This became a little less relevant. So I stopped doing it for now because legacy was changing so fast. It was like, why am I talking about like a deep dive on goblins versus death and taxes when the decks are just like rapidly, rapidly changing. Yeah. I don't, I don't want this to become irrelevant so quickly. Um, I was actually thinking the same thing you're talking about a sideboard guide, like, now, the, yeah, side, yeah. Like, the idea of a cyborg guy sounds kind of funny. Yeah, I, I change it every two weeks. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to keep it as updated as possible. But yeah, the, the long-term video like series of really deeply understanding a matchup is like <laughs> it's hard to justify all that work when the mat the the deck that you're in question might not exist. You know, like I did I did a video for the companion decks, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, this is useless now. Um, but you know, I did I did do one for for Hogak that was really interesting with Calm Smith, aka Whitefaces. Um, I did one with Negator seventy seven, Tom Hep on depths. Uh, spoiler alert: he demolished me. Oh um, my god! You know I've never beaten him. No, I beat him once. I beat him. I beat him twice. <laughs> I beat him twice. And he, he always cues to me when I'm four zero. It like without fail. It happened two days ago. I was four zero and I queued to Tom like God damn it, Tom. I mean, when you constantly win, right? 4-0 is where you're well, going to meet people. Moto, moto brackets aren't <laughs> matched. Like, that's not how it works. Oh, like, no. You get, no, you can get paired against anyone. Wow. Yeah. Everyone, I think everyone has the misconception, but the I, maybe that's, like, weighted slightly, but you can you can get paired against anyone with any record, I'm pretty sure. The only yes, match you, I ever win is my last is one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, another I, scrub. All right. <laughs> it's just a false confidence is what you're telling me the whole time. <laughs> Um, well, you know, where was I going to go? Well, you were, you were talking about like the rapid changes of the deck and that's where I think we should go next. Right. Yeah. 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 So when we talked about new cards coming out, actually when Phil and I did the set review for M 21 or whatever year it is and jumpstart at the same time, I don't think Muxus had actually been spoiled and we never got to it because, and I had asked you to come on when Snoop was spoiled and you couldn't, you know, for whatever reason, uh, which is fine. You, I was, you were doing the double dash. I remember that. Now, right. Yeah, did you, that play, was did you play against Show and Tell in that? Did you play no, against Show and Tell? No, no. It was um, Grixis Delver in the finals. 
No, did you, you didn't play against Show and Tell at all, though, because our friends no, no, show, the no, show and Tell team. No, <laughs> no, the Show and Tell is the other side of the bracket, and they yeah. lost to Grixis Delver. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was just wondering. Um, but and um, you, you and I in exchange we were having as a guest, having as a guest reviewer, but then that fell through. So we're gonna do a longer dive and everything. But then. Um, what I think was super interesting was that when Snoop was spoiled, it was it was seized upon as like the sort of instant. Oh um, yeah, I was, I was so hyped. I, got, I woke up to like five million messages, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, this card's insane!" It's got a Mystic Forge. Yeah, uh, exactly. I um, was I was thrilled. And it, but like even at the time that we were talking about, it, I was like, I'm not sure this just slots into the Goblin deck. I kind of I definitely thought it, its combo had potential. I know it's been explored in Modern, but not so much in Legacy. And maybe that might be. But what do you think? Why do you think it didn't work in Goblins? I'm just kind of curious about, like, what after you tested with it a while, what made you feel like it wasn't a fit? Okay. Um, so I guess the, the fail in my mind, there's some people who are still trying Snoop and Legacy, and some people still think it's very good. In my mind, the failure of Snoop in Legacy is that it doesn't fulfill an essential role in the deck and it's also like our evaluation of it is a kind of showing the failure of analogies in magic uh, in that things that are analogous uh, to each other don't necessarily play the same way because of context. So when when Mux is, or when sorry, uh, when Snoop was spoiled, everyone's like, OK, this is Goblin Mystic Forge. This is Goblin Experimental Frenzy. This is Goblin uh, Future Sight. And it's very similar to those cards, but um, I, the closest comparison, I think, is Mystic Forge because yep. can't do lands. Um, so it's not like Future Sight, exactly. Um, but the issue the issue with it is that it's kind of asking for a different archetype than what Goblins is. It's much better in a low CMC deck with as little lands as possible. So that's like the, when you look at Mystic Forge decks, they're playing a ton of zero mana artifacts. Mm -hmm. So you can just churn the top of your deck. And, and so Goblins, when I was building with Snoop, I was trying to kind of emulate that by playing a lot of Skirt Prospectors, a lot of Warsheaves to make everything as cheap as possible, and I could churn the top of my deck. But that requires a lot of setup. That requires a lot to not go wrong. And you get bottlenecked on red mana really easily. Um, and that the the red mana bottleneck is like, I think the biggest thing about Snoop for me is it forces the red red on turn two is not insignificant for a deck that plays like eight colorless lands, mm -hmm. um, and yeah you can shave on Rashad and ports and stuff, um, but that's compromising some essential facets of the decks and I think the mana denial elements are a big part of what makes goblins tick, um, because I view goblins you know as this kind of fundamentally controlling strategy and stoop requires you to front load every like you you're always just kind of jamming first goblins is best i think of it as a counter punchers deck yeah you, you want your opponent to make the, the move first and use, you're using ports especially like goblins is a way better port deck than it's a wasteland deck it's a terrible wasteland deck the only time you're happy with wasteland is when you have either vile or lackey the rest of the time it feels really awkward port is way better because it preserves your land drop so port is like slowing the game down so you can get to your more expensive spells and you know still double spell later on that sort of thing. Wasteland can often be just as crippling to you as it, as your opponent. Um, well, I think it's interesting about that is that that was actually what Phil said is like I don't see I see this as going into a skirt prospector low CMC heavy shell if it works. 
Yeah. Right, Phil? I remember that was your point. I don't know if we still have Phil. Yeah, I was just like, okay, if this thing is going to exist, it's got to be in a deck that can, like, when it hits, you can just, you know, you want to be Ancestral Link every turn, so you need a mana generator, and that right. comes from script Professor tokens. That's like, I mean, ground zero, that's where I started. Yeah, yeah that, that was the same. Well, it's interesting. It's, but it's good that you had the right you had the right instinct, and it, the fact that it didn't work out might just be a matter of people having worked, not worked with it entirely. My thing was that what you said was close to what you said, Eli, which is that, like, Goblins plays out of the hand. It doesn't play off the top of the library. It, doesn't, it wants car. It, like it reloads with ringleader. You want to put things in while Flacky and Ether Vial for free. You know, you don't yeah. want to be paying a ton of mana every turn. Like that's the point of Goblins. That it, right. it it's cheating on getting a Goblins into play with Vial and Lackey. Yeah. And suddenly you're being asked to like, you know, and and you're being asked to like tap out every yeah. turn to yeah, play yeah. anything. And, and, and like, it, it, sequencing really matters, where if you go, like, the ideal start for goblins in almost every fair matchup is Thrawn Vile turn two port you. Like, that's the dream. Yeah. If you do that with Snoop, it, Snoop in your curve, um, it's, like, hard to use the Snoop, because um, I guess turn one, one drop, turn two port you. So so imagine imagine your one drop gets dealt with, your Vile gets countered, your like, he gets bolted or whatever. Okay. Uh, you, you port on turn two, and then if you play your Snoop on turn three, you can't use it the turn you cast it because you go, you know, say Mountain Cavern or Mountain Mountain, cast your Snoop, and then you just have your port awkwardly sitting there doing nothing. And even if you flip one drop, you can't cast it. And so you have to untap with your Snoop. You have to hope there's a goblin that is both castable and relevant to cast. So like there's there's a, there's a, this, a lot of the goblins in the deck are very conditional on when you want to deploy them, and so. You might be like, okay, I could cast this goblin on top of my deck right now, but it messes up my plan. It messes up my sequencing, um, and and that forces you into this really awkward position. It's like I want to get the value out of this card that I played, but that requires me to take a suboptimal line, um, and I think that's a pretty significant kind of hidden cost to the deck. And there's, a, I, I do want to address like the whole like combo thing because obviously that's yeah, tearing that up modern. Question. That's 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 tearing up modern right now. Um, the format's fundamentally less interactive. There's less that can go wrong uh, with the Snoop combo. It's um, it's a slower format. Like the thing is, in Legacy, getting to kill on turn three, not that impressive. Goblins has already been able to do that for like two decades. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like killing on three, especially now with Muxus, is with a turn one lackey start is kind of trivial if you have uh, decent payoffs. It's you can go turn one lackey sling gang pile driver. That's a turn three kill. You can go turn one lackey turn two Moxus hit stuff turn turn three kill. You know, uh, turn two or turn one lackey turn two war chief del pile driver is the classic turn three kill. Yeah. Um, or uh, pile driver matron pile driver. You know all these things. It's not that hard to kill on turn three. The di- the difference is that you don't have to use the combat step, which is relevant um, because obviously a turn three kill that cares about blockers and a turn three kill that doesn't care about blockers is pretty cool. Um, but there's also a difference between a turn three kill that gets completely crumbled by a single removal spell um, versus the traditional one, which still puts pressure on. Like if you go turn two snoop, turn uh, turn three harbinger, and they kill the snoop, you just have a kiki jiki on top of your deck. <laughs> or I guess you, you can make, you can put a different card. Um, you get to another, another Snoop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then you have to have another Harbinger. Like you're still like putting your you you cast a really bad card, which is Barbara Harbinger. <laughs> like a not legacy playable card. 
in order to do that, you just got blown out by a fair amount of tempo. Like you spent your two, your turn two and your turn three doing something that lost to a one mana removal spell. And, or like if you don't have cavern, a force of will, or it walks into days, you know, yeah. it's, it's pretty fragile. Um, there is something, the cool aspect of it is that you can do it with the vial. So if you like vial two and three, your opponent is completely paralyzed because they can just never not hold up removal because they might die. Um, so that's cool. That's a that's a plus for the for the combo for sure. Um, but when I tested it, it just felt like it wasn't helping me in any of my problematic matchups because it's not helping you race any of the combo decks. Um, right. You know, it, it's not. I thought there was a one mana. I thought there was a one mana Goblet Harbinger, but I guess I was thinking mm. the elemental one. Um, the thing about Legacy that I think does sort of give it a little bit of juice is the fact that you can play Worldly Tutor. Um, now I haven't done that yet, but that's sort of where I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be more like we're going to play worldly tutor, do it at instant speed or something. Well, you if, know? if you're going to go all, like that deep on a combo, there are way better combo decks to play. That's probably true, but like that's not that's not our brand. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, so those are like major arguments I have against Snoop. It's awkward the mana base. It requires a lot to go right, and I tried it as a fair card quite a bit, and it's just really inconsistent. Like it just really really inconsistent as you know and it, it, it's so bad when you play your snoop you have a land on the land on top or a vial your opponent sees that you're drawing that card and then they can adjust their game plan and then you whiff if you whiff a second time it is like become actively bad i've had that happen a couple of times with snoop and i was like wow this card sucks um and then it, the other part that actually i noticed especially against delver um rug delver but I'm sure I mean, it's going to happen in other matchups as well, is that Snoop's pretty bad against Oko. Um, a, a kind of secret hidden bonus of a lot of of, of goblins is that the, the deck's kind of inherently good against Oko because all of the good creatures are ETB-based. Um, Piledriver can't be elked. And everything's like... Nothing, nothing is really worth elking uh, because it's already gotten its value or it's not elkable. The only difference would be like, or it's an upgrade, you know, in terms of power type. So like they, if they have to elk a lackey to not take a lackey hit, then it's like, that's a pretty reasonable yeah. trade. Or like, I mean, you can like elking a war chief is like sometimes good, sometimes not worth it. Elking slang gang is sometimes good, sometimes not worth it. So it's like all the goblins, my, my point being is that basically all the goblins trade pretty well against Anoko. Snoop doesn't. I had a game against Rugged Upper where we had this board stall, there was an Oko in play, I would have loved, you know, either just another Mogwai Marshal, a Crater Maker, a Pile Driver, literally any of our other two drops. I'm a Munitions Expert. I drew a Snoop, had a land on top, and I just go, Elk, your Snoop. I know you're drawing that fetch land, you know. Mm -hmm. It was it was so bad. Um, and that, that really soured me on the card pretty significantly. I think Munitions Expert, that you mentioned it, is like the best card printed for goblins in... But up until up until uh, it was printed and then more good stuff came out like Sling Gang, that was like the well, shot they, in the arm. They were the same set. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, even Sling Gang, Sling Gang's great, but like Munitions Expert, I think is the card that like really, you know, turned the deck around. I mean, Do you agree yeah, with ex that? Expert's really really good. Um, like I love Jump Pump Incinerator, but it is slow. Um, and it doesn't count itself. Yeah, that's the that's the what. It's crazy how big a difference that one extra damage matters. 
Um, Expert, Expert did a lot for all the Delver matchups, just all the creature matchups in general. And it also made cards like Liliana Last Hope, or just Planeswalkers in general, far easier to deal with. Um, direct damage to Planeswalkers is super, super sick. And the fact that it can come under... I've, I've had a, a number of things... like. Uh, you get into awkward spots with Lackey. Sometimes it gets Planeswalkers where you're like, I have to take Planeswalker, but I want to get a Lackey trigger. Expert's just like, I can just yeah. <laughs> Lackey in my Expert, shoot down your Planeswalker, and that's just awesome. Yeah, Ex- Expert's really excellent. Um, it does, does cause some stress on the mana base for sure. You get some really awkward hands that have like Mountain, Port, Wasteland, and then you have like three Munitions Experts in your hand. I've definitely had that happen. That doesn't feel good. Um, but the cost is worth it because the power level is super, super high. Um, I don't know if it's the best card printed for the deck. I think Sling Gang's a little bit better. Because um, Sling Gang just improved basically every matchup universally. Mm. Um, Interesting. Because it improved all your combo matchups because you can race much faster. It gave you an out to Merit Lage. It gave you um, a way to punish early at nauseums. Because so you go like Lacking into Sling Gang and then cast a, a Mogwar Marshal. You have seven points of burn just sitting on the table. Uh, so early sling gangs were really good. Same thing, I mean, it happens against reanimators sometimes where like they can't cast reanimate because then they die to the sling gang. Um, <laughs> That's it, always it, the best feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so having, if you're playing like a bolt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. having out-of-combat out of kills added a ton to the deck and, you know, all sorts of weird niche situations where you're playing as like a moat or, you know, uh, energy field. We can get around that now. Um Sling Gang just added a lot of flexibility to your kill conditions, whereas before, to get out of combat kills, you had to do these very mana-intensive lines with Siege Gang Commander. Um, and the the combo kill of Pashikman and Sling Gang Lieutenant, as good as it is in Limited, <laughs> Modern, Modern Horizons Draft, it's arguably even better in Legacy, because, I mean, your deck has all goblins, so you're just like, oh, I have five goblins on board, I have a Pashik and a Sling Gang, you're just dead. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's weird to say, too, because, like, Sling Gang is great and is very frustrating when it comes down and you realize how dead you are on the other <laughs> end. Because you're like, oh, okay, great, that's a 1-1 one, one for 4, and you're like, oh, I'm just dead to that, actually. Yeah, it's just like, you, you, you have to attack, and it's just like, block, sack, drain you for 1. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. it makes combat, like, really, it's so good against Delver to finally stabilize. It, oh, yeah, it also improved any true name matchup, because now it's just <laughs> like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and your true name has to sit back on defense. And before, what would happen would be like, they'd find the second true name so they can attack with one, block with the other, and then eventually swing for six. But now it's like, I could just throw the board more and more, swing with all, cast Sling Gang, drain you for the rest, you know? Yeah, I think, um, the main thing about Mace Jasper is just having like actual removal in goblins that is so much more impactful, I think was yeah. just, I, I, get, I remember like all the, and I mean, it's like, it's like, during the Deathrite Shaman era, and like when it was like oh, I can never get through a, a, sh- a Deathrite Shaman, and then even after it was banned, um, just realized like the power creep has gotten so high on creatures that you know Lackey is is getting through a lot less anyway. You know. Um, yeah, I mean back so in the period between like emotions- sorry. No, I was just saying, I just think, like, the, the retrieval is great. We wanted to go off too much of a tangent about it. But yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. It is, I think it is the card I lose to the most in mm-hmm. Goblins, so maybe that's okay. my that's, that's, well, So I'm like, you, all right, you you're play? never going to beat this card, and then I'm dead. What do you What do you normally play? 
I, I normally play stupid green midrange decks. Okay, yeah, expert um, expert improved every stupid green midrange deck because yeah, it, was, it, it is so much <laughs> harder to kill like a knight of the reliquary with a jump home than a munitions expert like by a mile. It's and also coming into playoff vile is a big thing. I think that's actually the secretly the the best mode of, of expert is you violin lackey turn two uh, on the end of your opponent's turn untap get to three mana matron for expert violin the expert so it creates this really beautiful curve with the vial um where you get to kill their blocker when you matron up with the expert if you have the expert you can matron up for something really big like a muxus kill their blocker and then you lucky let's talk about muxus actually i don't think i've ever read it on the on the podcast oh muxus is a it's it's an it's an amazing card (laughs) four red red for legendary creature goblin noble it's a four four when Muxus Goblin Grandy enters the battlefield, reveal the top six cards of your library, put all Goblin Creature cards with converted mana cost five or less from among them onto the battlefield and the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Whenever Muxus attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each other Goblin you control. I, I think, like, it's interesting. It's like, I would have hoped this at six mana and been like, yeah, I mean, if you can have it with a lackey, but it seems like you just kind of always do with Matron well, and stuff like that, right? It's, it's surprisingly hard castable. Um, I've hardcasted a lot, uh, so you do you do get into playoff lackey and like the combo matchups and stuff, and that's great. Or opposing show and tells, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've killed I've killed uh, all of my show and tell opponents since Muxus is legal with Muxus off of show and tell. <laughs> Ow. Uh, it's great. Um, so so the the thing about it that you realize is it goblins has always really wanted more one drops. Uh, because we mulligan to our one drops basically um, outside of certain matchups or you know you have maybe like double war marshal expert kind of hands where you have like a you can create a stable board pretty quickly you mulligan to your one drops getting to play like that's a big part of why I played Mog Fanatic for so long because Mog Fanatic really helped fill out the curve at the bottom um, and you know paying off there's, there's a lot more Mother of Runes uh, Noble Hierarchs in the format at that point and so dealing with those early on was really really nice um, on like pyromancers and bobs and stuff. There's just a lot more X ones in the format back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the like the post death rate ban before Modern Horizons, that whole period that there were a lot of X ones. Um, but the second the the thing with Muxus is it, it empowers Skirk Prospector so much more than it was before. Like Skirk has always been a solid one of in the deck, but you know it didn't shine in any particular matchups outside of Hogak and Dredge because of its bridge from below popping capabilities. Um, you know, it did shine in some Delver matchups because it's like this anti-daze machine, but also costs you some board state to do it. Um, you know, it would be good against uh, some decks where you can't afford, like, show and tell. It would be nice so you could, like, tap out and still be representing Red Last if you had it. Um, so it definitely had its moments, but Muxus has made it so much better because now you can just cast Muxus on turn three pretty easily with Skirk Prospector. You just go turn one Prospector, turn two Mogwar Marshal, turn three Third Land. Sack token token skirt cast Moxus. Like I've done that a couple of times, um, and it also makes your Moxus flips better if you have a skirt in play because you can if you hit a matron you can sack a couple of the whatevers you hit like whether it's Marvel Marshal tokens or Slang Gang tokens, uh, and then matron for Warchief and swing in the same turn. Yeah. Uh, wow. So it is really empowered something that we've really wanted, which is to get a better one drop so we in fact we already had the one drop and now it's just better in the deck um and 
you know, I've, I've wilded in BioOff 6 before yeah. a couple of times now. Um, and, I mean, the really weird thing about it is, it, Moxus is that it's it's led us to cut on Goblin Ringleader, which I don't think people really expected to happen. Um, but it turns out you don't need to matron for Ringleader over and over again when after you do it once, you're probably better off matroning for Muxus for the second time because you're probably at that kind of extreme late game scenario. So is that is that like... Is it, are you down to three ringleaders now? Is that how two. it works? I'm on two, two Muxus, two Muxus, two ringleader. Oh, geez, yeah. So wow. Muxus, does he have lore? Is he like the king of the... Is he the ringleader? The little tidbit of lore we got on Muxus is really funny, is is that it's um it's actually... It's a quintuplet set of goblins. They're five, five twins, and they all take turns wearing the crown and, and uh, getting carried around. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love that. Oh, I see it now. Okay, so that's all of his brothers. Well, okay. Huh. Well, that's something. I was watching a Mystery Science Theater last night, and there was a similar concept in the movie they were watching. Oh, really? Maybe not. It was just like a weird... <laughs> like a projecting weird, like, Mystery Science Theater no, onto people? No, it was like a princess, <laughs> and I couldn't tell if she was like actually royal. I don't know. Okay. Never mind. But yeah, anyway. He, um, yeah, Muxus is really... So if you view, view Goblins as fundamentally... Uh, I think... The, the box it fits best into is kind of combo control. Um, it also plays prison roles. It's also sometimes just an aggro deck. Sometimes it's very mid-rangey. But combo control is like the best thing it fits into. And if you see it that way, Mox is like the best combo control finisher ever because it's great when you jam it on turn two and it's great on turn 18. You know, it, it, it's, it, it'll win the game on either of those circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that they all come in untapped. I didn't think about that. Yeah, they so all come in untapped, and so if you have like a haste granter, yeah, and then the fact that it's a a, a super so it's super ringleader with super pile driver, because it gets plus one plus one for not even each other attacking goblin. It's just each other goblin in general. So if you cast Muxus and you flip, uh, war chief pile driver or war chief mogwar marshal. You can, if your opponent has like a big Tarmogoyf, whatever, they have a 5-6 Tarmogoyf. You can just go, okay, attack with my 7-7. Seven, seven. Like, you know, yeah. Galans has never had something this big before, something this hard to kill. And it's a 6-drop, so it doesn't die to Rep Decay, doesn't die to Fatal Push, doesn't die to Lightning Bolt, doesn't die to uh, any anything, ex- anything <laughs> except for Plow and uh, Assassin's Trophy are the only, like, actual removal spells that are played that it killed Muxus. Yeah. I'm just looking there's there's there I was like I was checking on this, but there are two lords that grant haste. So you can really if you really like went deep on it, you can play Chieftain or War Chief. Yeah, I, I think I think War Chief's pretty bad. Uh I'm sorry, Chieftain Chieftain's pretty bad in the, the archetype as a whole. because um, Goblins loses the games where it gets stuck on mana more than anything else. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. And the War Chief discount is so good for enabling your more broken lines and also lets you use the mana denial a little bit better because you're tapping out less. Um, I'm pretty like anti-chieftain. Um, even even if a bunch of plague engineers are being played, I don't want to play chieftain. If I, can, <laughs> but I, I really dislike chieftain. Um, and, and now with two, two skirks in the deck, uh, like one of my favorite parts of goblins is a uh, skirk with war chief and magua marshal. As your magua marshal becomes dark ritual, I love that. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, so getting to play three war chiefs, two skirks, three magua marshals really lets you do some unfair things with your mana. 
The fact that Skirk Prospector and, and Mogwar Marshall's Dark Ritual sounds like a uh, text Phil would send us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, okay, I, I'm going to ask a question here, and this is, you know, my my um, inexperience with goblins is showing here. Mm-hmm. But is there a world where Snoop plus all like the like Mogwar Marshall and Instigator making tokens with Skirt Prospector and, and um, uh, I'm sorry, what's the remind me of the name of the cost reducer? War Chief. Yeah. In a world in a world like that where you go super wide, is there a possibility that you just cut all of like the top end and you become a really low to the ground deck? That goes wide with tokens and pile driver and like Mog Fanatic, and then you can like cradle shit. Am I am I just way am I way um, am I way off? So the problem you run into there is how are you not just worse elves? I mean, you have a good point. Like so, so like <laughs> I, I started you have to understand. You have to understand, Eli. One of our things is like, we don't really care if it's worse. Okay, we just okay. want to know if it's possible. <laughs> okay, so I actually one stream at the end of one stream, I was thinking about that, and I started brewing up kind of like a like a aggro Snoop build, like this this card Snoop kind of wants an aggro an aggro deck, right? Um, and so I was kind of brewing it together, and it's really I don't know, it's hard to to come up with what actually works. It would require a lot of testing because it's somewhat unexplored territory. Like people haven't played like red sly decks in Legacy in forever. You know, burn isn't really good right now. You have to deal with a lot of life gain in the format. So the, having having late game as a creature deck, I think, really matters. Or else you start to run into issues where it's like, you know, people people have three mana sweepers, people have terminus, people have Uro. You have to overcome Uro as a as a insane way to stabilize. Um, Ice Fang Quabbles blocking your stuff. I don't. I'm not going to say it couldn't be viable, but I think it would require a lot of work to figure out how to make it work. It, it would it would be it'd be something pretty unusual. Did you say a lot of work? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I just like every every time there's a, a, a creature like Snoop printed, I always question whether or not it's possible to like get rid of Aether Vial, and I get that that might be sacrilege, but. Oh, I there there are people. Believe me, there 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 are people uh, trying to cut either vial from goblins, and I will tell them they're wrong every time. <laughs> uh, it's the best card of the deck. Not close. Uh, you 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 have to do, you have to do something pretty wild to to make me want to cut either vial. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair. There, there, you go, there are there what are decks that are specific to that card. You know, like that's why that's why you play you know Merfolk. That's why you play goblins. That's why you play death and taxes. It's like that's easily the best card in most of those decks. Yep. Um, Pashalik Mons. We can do it. We can do this, Phil. We'll do it. We'll do <laughs> Pashalik Mons. We'll do, um, you know, uh, Skirk Prospector, and we'll just rip through the deck and do 20 damage. Yeah, right? like the Aristocratian Goblins. I mean, I, I have played, like, an Aristocrats build when Pashalik first came out and Slang Gang were printed. I cut, I cut the Lackeys, um, and I played main deck discard spells. I played main deck Cabal Therapies, and I played a whole bunch of token producers. Um, and I played like three Pashlik Mons, three Slung Gangs, or something like that. 
Will you send us that list? We'll work on it. Okay. It was, it was, back, it was back in, it was like last September, I think. Could have um, been that long. It was during the summer of Ren and Six? Summer of Ren and Six? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, Pashalik Mons is whenever a goblin dies, you ping, right? Yep, and then you can pay four sack the goblin to make two. make make goblins. So if you, have a Pash- if you have a Pashalik Mons and cast the Pashalik Mons and then legend rule them, do they both ping? Oh. Ooh. Yes. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, they I would. Think they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we're talking, boys. Yeah, that's now we're pretty talking, cool. Uh, yeah, you got your three mana fork full. <laughs> there, Hell there yeah. it is. Phil's, Phil's already figuring it out. Um, I, I have a question. Um, so uh, this is this is a broad goblins goblins sure, question. Sure. Um, I the last big event that I can remember playing in uh, was Baltimore, maybe a year ago, um, and two goblins players sat down next to each other. And uh, my game ended relatively quickly, and, and they were talking to each other. Really, just like it was like watching two two old friends meet for the, <laughs> meet for like the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And and the one guy's like talking about his deck, and he's like, "Well, I play sixty one cards." And the other guy's like, "Yeah, I play sixty one cards too." And I was like, "Oh my god, just make out already!" But like, is that a thing? Like playing more than sixty cards? It's it's my fault. I I, I take the blame on this one. You uh, you you weren't one of those guys, were you? Maybe he was. Uh, no, I was far as Baltimore guys. from Central Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's not that far, but I was not there. Okay. Um, it is my fault that I convinced a lot of people to run sixty-one goblins. So the, the logic extends from. So uh, you guys are familiar with Ribbon University that Phil Gallagher runs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote an article called the sixty-card max rule, um, that I thought was really interesting. And that kind of, let me just pull it up. All right, we'll do that as well. Favorite university. Uh, I'll, I'll send you guys a link. 60 card max. Well, I got it. Okay. Um, yeah, great. So he's basically laying out the argument of why someone would put 61 cards in the deck. Like, what, what are the costs? Um, and the thing that I saw was the chances uh, to open at least one of four Aether Vials in 60 cards is 39.9%. With 61 cards, it's 39.4%. So it's a 0.5% difference of having Aether Vial in your opening hand. And that is normally the thing that people cite. was like, you should not run 61 cards in the Aether Vial deck because you desperately want Vial in almost all of your opening hands, right? Mm-hmm. Vial or Lackey, whatever. Um, however, so, so it's this 0.5% difference. But, as he says, um, the goal, so, so in his theoretical kind of uh, uh, re, uh, his example he's giving is the Death Texas pilot wants to fit a single Thali Heretic Thar, uh, um, or they want to add a second one, rather, to increase the chances of drawing it, right? So the goal of drawing Thali Heretic Thar is... Uh, nearly doubled by turn three if you play two rather than one, right? Sure, that makes sense. And you've cost yourself this 0.5% chance in vials. And he's also talking about adding a land, and this was the part that actually really convinced me, because Goblins historically is a 23 land deck. It was 23 lands back in 2005. It was 23 lands in 2015. That was the way the deck was built. I kept experiencing, I wanted 24 lands. And I was like, how the hell do I fit the 23rd, or the 24th land? 
because all the other cards feel like felt so essential. Um, and I was thinking this this ringleader math kind of comes into this as well, where in a lot of fair matchups, the the line I draw on ringleader hits post board because you're usually siding in like five ish non goblins. You go down to twenty eight goblins, and that's kind of the bottom range I'm willing to accept in a lot of fair matchups for ringleader to still function properly. Once you go to twenty seven below, the drop off is pretty real. Um, and I know that's a feeling thing. That's not like real math, but that's that's my experience with couple thousand matches of goblins at this point um and by playing 61 cards with 24 lands you have 33 ringleader hits pre-board meaning you can board out five goblins and still have 28 hits um and so that was a big factor and so i'm not saying it's always correct i recently ran 60 um, because I think Muxus changes things a little bit where the ringleader count isn't as strict because you're not as dependent on ringleader as your late game engine. So it's possible that now with Muxus we should always be 60. Um, I'm not sure on that. Like right now I'm... But you probably still want the 24 lands because... Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. not changing. That's not yeah. changing. Um, but it's like, is this extra... So the current, like, one of them most intensely debating cutting or rather moving to the sideboard is Goblin Trashmaster. Um... Trashmaster is a super powerful card. It's a great silver bullet, and it's generically relatively powerful because it's just a lord when it's bad, but it's pretty bad against Delver. Um, but when it's good, it's really, really good. Uh, and so it's like, do I want this Trashmaster main plus an extra sideboard slot versus do I want a slightly more consistent deck by moving Trashmaster to the sideboard and cutting my third Pyrokinesis? That is where I'm at. Uh, I'm hedging towards keep 61, keep the third Pyrokinesis, but, you know, it's 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 a very narrow pros and cons evaluation that I typically hedge on. It's better to play a, an extra slightly suboptimal card than to cut cut a card it is actively bad to cut. That makes sense. I actually really like <laughs> the trash. Well, that trash master just having played a lot of collector oof main recently. You mm-hmm. said it was bad against Delver, and I'm like, one of the things I love about playing something like Oof or Kasali Pride Mage or Reclamation Sage is that I know what to cut <laughs> against Delver, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, they don't need this artifact killing thing, mm-hmm. like, so <laughs> get rid of that, and then, yeah, I mean, that's great. But I think, yeah, because I was watching Anurag. Did you give Anurag the list he was playing just now, today? Yeah, 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 he's playing yeah. And he was, And people were like, you forgot to board it, you forgot to board out a card. <laughs> it's like, right. no, it's a 61-card deck. <laughs> yeah, everyone loses their minds with the 61-card deck. I was like, it's... It's so taboo, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, yeah. everyone's willing... And I think Phil points this out really well at the end of the article. It's like, uh, people have... Uh, oh, what's he say? Oh, man. It's like this quote from this this professor. Or the other yeah, I, I mean, I like that. Yeah, pedantry and mastery are the opposite attitudes towards rules. To apply a rule to the letter rigidly, unquestion, unquestioningly in cases where it fits and in cases where it does not fit is pedantry. To apply a rule without ever letting the words of, of the rule obscure the purpose of the action or the opportunities of the situation is mastery. And, like... I highly agree with that. Yeah. So I'm constantly playing 41 cards in, like, a, in, in like a draft deck or a sealed, uh, specifically because I'm like, well, it would be better to draw this one other card or, like, there's yeah, there's several other reasons, but, like, yeah... A lot of people scoff at that, and and they cite like that's the way it's always been done. It's not necessarily yeah. It's, it's the a best very rote. It's a very rote kind of response. And like, this is the part of the article I was actually trying to look for. Uh, 
Phil mentions, you aren't forced to judge the relative power of cards until you start considering what to cut. However, the cutting a card is not the only possible outcome. Instead of cutting one card and reducing the chances of seeing it by a lot, you can reduce the chances of seeing every other card by a tiny bit. It amazes me that one of those trade-offs is so commonly accepted and the other is so thoroughly vilified. Yeah. Magic is all about trade-offs. Why is everyone so against this one type of trade-off as opposed to others? I think like the, psych- the psychology behind it is interesting because what happens is you know what your 61st card is a lot of the time, and when you draw it and you don't want it, then you get super mad. I, well, I like, mean, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean that it's like, I don't think yeah. that's the right answer. I'm saying that that's probably yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, where yeah. it comes from. But it's I, like, I, I kind of get the, uh, you can say, what is your 61st card? It's matchup dependent. Like, six, my, my Trash Master is not my 61st card in the Duck and Taxes matchup. You know? <laughs> yeah. In that spot, it's like, oh, I wish I registered one Goblin Pile Driver instead of two Goblin Pile Drivers. Like, that's silly. There's always going to be a worst card in a particular matchup, but there's no way to say, with some, like, it's not all decks that can run 61. Like, if you are a, like, combo decks probably should not be 61 because there there's very specific things that need to happen with combo decks. Um, you don't have overlapping answers. You know, Goblins has this kind of like multiple Venn diagrams going on of removal spells where it's like you have Crater Baker, you have Munitions Expert, you have Jump on Sooner that all do kind of the same thing, but also different things. So you want them for various situations. So it, it's not always correct, but I think it at least should be understood when it can be correct. And Goblins, I think, is one of those cases. And I've gotten kind of tired of explaining at this point. So now on my stream, I just have an exclamation point. 61 and then it just gives <laughs> goblin it just gives goblin matrons flavor text which is there's always room for one more <laughs> you know That's it's great. funny the the whole like uh like you know deck deck like ma- ma- uh sorry minimum limit is like not as big a thing in other card games i remember uh one of the first other card games i played was overpower and basically a lot of these other card games were for people who were like uh, magic's too expensive so i play this which really translated into like I'm probably not good at magic because I've never played it and I haven't like haven't really grokked that system so I'll play this what my friends play and a lot of people who played overpower were comic nerds that hated magic just okay. just straight up like it, it you had like four or five different kinds of guys that, that showed up to a comic shop in like 1995 you had the card floppers the dice chuckers the uh, you know the uh, comic guys and, and, like, just random people that were into movies and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. So the the comic guys that played card games had no concept of any of the, the ideas of, like, card economy, any right, of that stuff. Yeah. And the so when I jumped models. over to play Overpower, uh, and I found out that the deck limit was six, uh, 57 cards, or 56 cards. <laughs> what? It, it's, it, it's because of, like, it's a math thing. It's, like, okay. a, a multiple of four off of something. But okay. um, if you... It, that's the minimum... Almost every single person would pack their deck because there was no limit to the number of cards you could have <laughs> in your deck uh, or the number of multiples of a card. So they would pack their deck with the special cards, and there were just all these like really powerful one-per-deck cards that were also in there that only like certain characters could play. And I realized early on, like, this is a bad idea. Like, just play this. Yeah. You know, go, go to the minimum. And, and to that end, yeah, you can really see a difference between the level of play that someone like me who didn't really know that game that well but like translated the magic, uh, you know, the magic knowledge to that game versus people who who had no idea. But like I could have played like slightly more cards and been fine. But well, like that's yeah. 
I, I think we started to see people chill on like larger deck sizes a little bit because of Yorion. I think yeah. that actually opened a lot of people's minds. To, well, like, yeah, that's. I think it's that's not a huge that factor, bad. A huge factor. It's, like 20, 20 extra cards to the library is a significant number of cards, but I know plenty of people that are still like. How many games with a Yorion deck do you win without ever casting Yorion? In which case, the eighty cards was a strict, strict yeah. negative. Yeah, didn't it was totally it, it negative. does not help. I'm you sure in any there's way. a not. I mean, I'm positive there's a non-zero number of games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, so the, the decks are clearly functional. They're clearly functional, and so to suggest that one extra card has such an impact that it's like it invalidates the whole yeah. deck list is like, oh, this is bad. You know, I honestly silly. think that you can save you can save more more win percentage points just learning your deck better than you could uh, cutting like one card from your deck if you wanted to play sixty one. Yeah, yeah, it's like people like take my list and then we'll, we'll we'll like arbitrarily cut a card, and I'm just like, no, it's it's just it's just worse. <laughs> it's just worse. No, like, I thought that had to do with you got like, no way mog, to kill artifact in here. Put the trash like master that. in. No, I cut that. It was a sixty first. Cut. Yeah, I, right. thought the, I thought the answer was, uh, honestly, I thought it was like Mug Catcher, and you were like, we just want one more spot for a toolbox or something like that. I mean, there's the toolbox argument, um, for sure. Like, I want to have my one-up Chain Whirler, Trash Master, Patrick Mons. Um, I'm pretty low on one-ups these days, actually. Um, but, I mean, that was an argument that people use, and I think that has some merit to it as well. Um, depends how deep you're going to go on that, because I think that slightly falls apart with Goblins, because... You don't actually want a matron for your uh, silver bullets that often. You really want to keep your engine going by matroning for a ringleader as often as you're allowed. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I really, I'm actually really curious about this now. I, we, I wasn't planning on talking about 61 cards, but <laughs> it's interesting that you have so much experience with it. But like, I was just thinking about the deck I've been playing a lot of, which had you know four green sun zenith and four fiend artisan. But I also wanted to play a lot of land. Like it's, it's almost it's one of those interesting things where it's like maybe this is what we have to do if we <laughs> want to play this kind of deck where we don't have cantrips. We have to just add the extra land. There's nothing you can do about it. Because yeah. like like you, I just gone back and forth about like, well, man, I really like I need to, I need to hit these land drops even though I have all this ramp. And like I need to hit the land drops so I can so I can cast these big spells. And maybe I, and but, so I would cut a card and I end up wanting the card. Yeah. Because I wanted to get down to sixty, but ended up maybe I do want like, um, geez, what's like a second scavenging ooze, which just dominates. Like scavenging ooze gets murdered every time you you cast it. You know, mm-hmm. if they, I, unless you yeah, like, it's, it's like a great the, um, like analogy to pile drivers. Like I feel like one goblin pile driver is the worst amount of goblin pile driver to play because the first one always dies, and you never want to cast your pile driver. You don't never want to have your pile driver like in your hand, and you're like this is the only one in my deck and I can't play it until I'm trying to kill my opponent with it. That is awful. Like yeah. I always want at least two. If you have, if you're going to play one, just play zero <laughs> just do something else to kill your opponent. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how many times now when that, when I've been playing this, this, you know, these decks I've been working on the past couple weeks that I was like, I really need the scavenging use. I really hope they don't counter it or kill it. And they do. And then I'm like, well, I don't have the scavenging use anymore. But if I just played the second one with the 24 lands I have, mm-hmm. Suddenly, I just have an access to that to that card a lot more. So, I'm into I'm into that. Thank you for uh, showing us Phil's article. I know I read this article when it came out, though it was no, it's dated November fourth, twenty sixteen. So yeah, it's really old. I don't remember a lot from I don't remember a lot from just around that day. Four <laughs> years ago. Yeah, specifically November fourth of twenty sixteen. Oh so. yeah. Oh mm-hmm. god. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There was not a lot. Got a little to, distracted. There was there that. was maybe something else going on. 
Um, no, nah, I'm sure. I'm sure nothing happened. <laughs> I'm very what? sad. About what? Uh, about November 2016. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I think okay. I've seen 61 cards. You're Mister. I can't believe they're only playing three ponder. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I can I can speculate on the ideas of like maybe not playing Aether Vial, but like three ponder. Get out of here. <laughs> um, one thing I, I wanted to talk about a little bit before we left, and I just we crossed over a little bit over an hour here. So, um, but Eli, you've you've been a pretty uh, vocal person about the legacy format. I think from your perspective of playing this kind of deck and loving this kind of deck, and I think that there are people who don't really understand sometimes what it's like to just like i really want to do this this is what i really get out of this format right there's yeah. a, i mean it's it's funny too with, with goblins because so much of it has been printed into modern but there are certain things that haven't and they're they're important report and wasteland and lackey are like you know and matron is modern now right matron but like, is modern legal yeah yeah but like even before that it's like i remember a lot of the goblins like my deck's just dead and i know a lot of things come on to change it but i'm, I'm sort of the same way where it's like if there's this there's this interesting push and pull you have when you're like i want to play this non-blue deck that is really dependent on synergy but sometimes it's just not good and i feel like i have to walk away um like how do you sort of see goblins as sort of fitting into the meta now and, and what do you sort of you know do to keep the home fires burning at times when you're not when you're not when you're not feeling you know like it's gonna it's gonna just it's gonna just be sort of like banging your head against the wall yeah um I've gone I might not have phrased that all correctly, but I, hope <laughs> so I, 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 I get your point. Yeah. Um, I've gone through various stages of like feeling that goblins was me banging my head against the wall for sure. Um, you can definitely get burnt out by playing too much. I think especially on Moto, Moto has these kind of. It's really easy to play tilt leagues. Like you, you, you two, three a league, and you're like, I want to do better. And then you just play badly the whole next one, and you just feel so bad because you just wasted your time and money. Um, like the, the the incentives are kind of rough. Um, and when you're feeling bad about your deck, I think it kind of comes down to what are you playing Magic for. Um, Legacy, Legacy's a, almost inherently a casual format at this point. No one's like, I'm gonna, you know. <laughs> if you are trying to be like a, a pro legacy player you could do pro so much better in other formats yeah and like and honestly given given the state of magic like who would even want to do that right now uh so hard agree you you gotta understand like you know when you pick a deck like goblins that was tier one for years and then slowly faded because it didn't get anything for a decade you gotta you gotta accept that times are gonna come and go um, but I, I do, hmm, I, I'm like conflicted on this because, because in a way legacy gets sold to people as the format where you can play what you like and are good at. And I think it's really bad when that's not true. Um, because that is the vision of the format that gets sold to people. And it's like, this is, this is the format where you can get good at a deck and play it for years and years and years. And, you know, it's very expensive, but if, you know, you can be rewarded for this mastery or whatever. And if that fades away and it becomes quickly rotating, like this past year has been nuts. I think that's bad for the format. Yeah, that is, I, I hard agree. Uh, the, the amount of uncertainty as far as like what you should be playing and like what you're going to play against, which is even more important. What you're going to play against is like, 
way more important than what what deck you're actually playing. And and not having an idea about that before you wander into a tournament and spend a hundred dollars, that's the sort of thing that makes people go, well, I don't I don't know. I don't yeah, know like why I'm am I why am I even this. doing this? Well, it's yeah, funny. It's yeah. interesting. It like Phil Phil has worked a lot on Brews 490s MTG, right? And he'll bounce them off of us and we'll have ideas. And it's like sometimes you know if I talk if we if we have a if we have a long conversation. You know, I mean, we don't talk for hours. If we talk for like ten minutes about some ideas, he's kicking around, and then I like go play a league, and I'm like, oh shit, I hope he doesn't play against this because we did not talk about that, <laughs> you know. And like, whether it's like, and it's always something like obvious, like, oh crap, what if he plays against like Urza Echo or mm-hmm. like like uh, you know Snow Control? Like, oh boy, I hope he doesn't get because we don't we have no answer for this and the idea we just talked about. And it's it's weird because like the established decks, I think that it's hard because of the uh, rapid change in power level for people to sort of get their feet under them and realize like, you know, just what the power level of the format is overall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you had talked, and the reason I was what we were talking about, you talked the other day, like, man, I, how many more mind break traps do I have to play? Yeah. And at that point I actually added a third mind break trap to my sideboard yeah. and then like, and then started like winning games because I'm on mind break trap. But I think that it's interesting because like your perspective, which I respect is that, I, I don't like just getting like you know this I, I, if I lost I lost on turn one or two a bunch of times like that sucks and then from my perspective it's like I hate when I'm like you know playing really well and eking out every advantage and then some like crazy haymaker that isn't a combo card whether it's Oko or like you said Uro or something ridiculous like I play like a like a, okay I got my draw engine online my opponent plays a Narset you know like right yeah sure yeah. Um, like I'd rather just like I'm like oh man that that sucks like I gotta like just you know this the synergy part it's so great when it pays off, but there's so many things that just blank the synergy. Um, and it, and it's, it's just an interesting position to be in. Like, I'd rather just be like, look, if I have to play four mind break traps and four, uh, ley line of the void in every sideboard forever. And I always just have those eight slots taken up. That's fine. Because at least I feel like the person I'm playing against isn't trying to do the same thing as me, but a lot better, you know? Mm. Whereas like, I, I just, I really value good gameplay more than I think a lot of other people like I play the deck I play in order to make decisions and like have fun like working with that and like I'm pretty anti like I think I underboard Chalice of the Boy just because I have this like aversion to the card same thing with Leyline I hate playing Leylines on my sideboard just because it's so all or nothing um, and it's so just like kind of brain dead um so I, I don't I, disagree with any of that. By the way. <laughs> like, I, I, I think that's true. I think it sucks, but I think there's no way they're going to ban forty cards. So I'm right. You got some stuff. I, I'm line. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's that's what will turn me off of Legacy for a while. If 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 I take a break, it's because it's just like the cards that I have to play to adjust are so just fundamentally unfun that I'd rather not play because I'm playing for fun. That's that's literally why I play. A game, I know, big, <laughs> big shocker. People play games for fun, um, but like, I, I feel like that that like perspective almost gets like written off in a lot of Magic communities. Just like, no, we must optimize. We yeah, must you gotta play do the, the, uh, You know, just, always win, never lose. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, guys, I, please stop talking about me. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get a lot more satisfaction out of winning with my like tier two tier three whatever though goblins is like actually legitimately good now and i don't think people are even contesting that but you know for a while everyone just kind of like goblins was the meme deck but i got pretty if i could hit 60 percent with 
with goblins on Magic Online, like I was perfectly happy with that. And as long as the games I was playing were enjoyable and I got to make like cool plays and play the cards that I liked playing, then that was like this is this is what Legacy's for. So you play the cards that since there are all the cards that are legal, you should get a pretty good range of the ones you like. Yeah. Right? That was um, literally what our cast was about last week is like we just played a bunch of formats that we loved and uh you know won and lost and had had a good time yeah you know? so i i i mean i've had a bit of perspective shift like for a while i cared a lot about my win win rate uh i was pretty i tilted a lot easier uh i was getting really fr- like for a while my most frequent opponent on magic online was black Red reanimator and that made me just like want to punch a hole in my laptop like if you get yeah turn one grizzle like uh, chancellor annex unmask you dark ritual tomb reanimate grizzle brand make up grave titan and an iona on turn one blah you're just like all right well why am i here what am i doing and that happens like three rounds in a row you you feel so bad yeah uh like that was really really frustrating but I think I've just had this kind of perspective shift where it's just like, I'm just going to try to ignore that as much as possible. No, it's not, it's not easy to ignore. Like obviously I got annoyed on Twitter the other day. I was like, Hey, can y'all stop turn wanting me? It's, <laughs> I would like to enjoy this game. Um, but like, I understand those decks are part of the format somewhat, unfortunately in my view, like, <laughs> well, I think that like, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, it's interesting perspective. Like I, I don't think we agree, but I think that's, I think that's fine. Yeah. Cause I think, I think the thing that we don't, it's like, yeah, sometimes you're gonna like get turn one, and sometimes you're gonna like you're gonna like get them because you but, played their yeah, but the are gonna kill I them. Guess to me, that's like equally lame. Is like they go dark ritual and tomb exhum, and I have surgical. Like that's equally lame. Oh, that's the thing. Like it sucks, right? It, it does kind of suck. It's like I didn't put the surgical in my deck to do this, but at least this game is over, and I can move on. And hopefully, yeah, yeah. you never that's feel good about it. You never feel good about it. Move on. Like I, I, I feel, I feel like I feel better. I feel yeah. a perverse, a perverse uh, joy when I like, <laughs> if I get to if I get to crush Reanimator with just like I have Turin Lackey, Sling Gang, Tormod's Crypt, Double Surgical Mindbreak Trap. Like I just have like all the things. Of course, it's just like I get to dunk on my worst matchup. That's cool. That's that's fun. I guess it's, but it's crazy very- to me that uh, like I feel bad. Like a deck that like I'll play against a deck and I'm not I'm not having a good time, and then I'll have like Dave Surgical Surgical or something like that and get them. And then, like, I'll get done the match and be like, um, so sorry. That that must have been terrible for you. Well, so I, I see. I can't I can't feel bad for reanimator players. <laughs> that is literally the magic they signed up to play. Like, yeah. They, oh, yeah. they did that to themselves. <laughs> Generally, that is the conversation they have with me afterwards. Like, they're just like, yeah, I, I mean, I did this to myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I, that's I guess sort of how I feel, too, right? Like, it's like, you know, you played against Belcher and you had it. You beat them both times. It's like, well... It's, that's the thing. Like, if they sign up, they're signing up to play one or two turns. So my way to get out of that is that I only let them play one or two turns by just like taking their entire hand and throwing it in the toilet yeah. with one card that is just like st- exists only to draw in your opening hand and answer this, whether it's a ley line or a mind break trap or surgical right. or whatever it is. Like, at least it's like, well, it's not like they didn't. They didn't. I gave them the experience they wanted. Maybe the next person. <laughs> That's how I feel, though. It's like this is over now, and we're going to the next thing. Especially now that it's that we're not playing live, and it's not like oh, it's a shot. Uh, I, I won or lost. Yeah. yeah, I won or lost, and you're sitting there for another, you know, forty-five minutes. That's true. Because I, the other people got to play the grindy goblins miracles game or something. Yeah, you know? I, like, I guess I, I just I when a game is concluded or a match is concluded and the the reaction is like a shrug. It's like okay, why did we even do that? <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. That, so that, that's, my, I guess that's my perspective. Yeah, my, my perspective, like, it's interesting because, like, you're, you're, you're right about Reanimator. And one of the things, like, I, I don't know, this goes back, like, um, to the early days of legacy podcasting, which was the original Everyday Eternal um, before Julian took it over from the original host. The original host would always say, never leave home without, like, four pieces of graveyard hay. Just, you just do it. That's and actually my, like, my minimum is four. Yeah, it's like, yeah, minimum's four, that, you know, right? And it's like, okay, and I do that, and it's like, all right, so I, I hate I hate losing anywhere, but I always lose to show and tell because you cannot possibly – Usually, like I forget if it, was, if it was Cyrus or someone who told me, it was like you have basic forest in your deck, like you're just dead. Like there's nothing you can do. <laughs> and I play a lot of basic forest, like mm. so. Like to me, it's like the show and tell match. The show and tell matchup is my big bug. Where it's like, all right, there's like literally nothing I could. There's no mind break trap for show and tell, right? Unless they like, unless they go show and tell. It's um, uh, like I mean, my, my, my break trap is sometimes good against show and tell, but, but I know you gotta you gotta bring it in because you have nothing better, and you're hoping right. that like they're like show and tell omniscience cunning wish. Uh, yeah, oh, sweet. Great. Now, next turn, you can cast your whole deck for free. Because <laughs> I don't have anything because I multi this mind break trap. It's not like Storm where they use their whole hand, right? Yeah, or it's yeah, not yeah. like Reanimator where they have to answer it, you know? But it's funny, too, because like the old Reanimator, the blue the blue Reanimator decks that would sideboard show and tell used to be able to grind out the game a lot faster because they had, you know, more dazes, more thoughts uses. But the brute force, hyper fast uh, Reanimator decks are just, they don't have any of that nuance and like, you know, um, Eric, Land- Eric Landon's gonna listen to this and just like shit on us for. No, for I, I, I like Eric, I like Eric a bit, like uh, quite a bit, and he's like, and he's like, a sm- I'm not saying he's not a smart player or anything like that. Oh, yeah, I know. And, I, and he, I, he wriggles I, I, out of a number of jams. I, I watch Eric. I watch Eric. I like. I like hate watch Eric whenever he plays Reanimator. Like I, I sit there and I'm just like fuming. Like this deck's so fucking dumb. I hate it so much. <laughs> but like I, 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 I really, I really like Eric's stream. Like no, no, no shade there. And there are definitely times where like I think I'm set up against Reanimator and something that Eric has thought of that like I like I, I got destroyed by Magus the Moon against Reanimator the other day. Oh right? sure, yeah. Because like, I was like, aha, you're never gonna beat this Maze of Vith Caracas. Like that's what I had in my opening hand. It was my first two land drops. They just made a Magus the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's like, cool. oh, I'm dead. That's <laughs> oh, that sucks. Hope, hopefully, I draw a light. Oh, I didn't keep my lightning bolts in because I was playing <laughs> against Reanimator. Uh oh. <laughs> like that's funny. So, but anyway, like so, this isn't. It's like it's not. It's definitely not personal, you know. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, and in a way, that's it's sort of the point. That it goes back to, the, to that earlier point. It's like, look, like when you're when you love playing synergy and a, a synergy type deck like Goblins or Maverick or whatever that I like to play or Infect or something like that, right? And the the synergy gets weakened with every huge haymaker that's printed that makes linear play that much easier, right? So, you know, it, it, it does kind of suck. It's not really the reanimator player's fault that they have this deck that's fully optimized because your goblins deck is fully optimized in a way. But there's, there's, you're never going to be that optimized just because you're reactive rather than proactive. So, and, you know, that's there. Once you put, you can't, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube that way, right? <laughs> no one's going to, every, like, every time I play against, like, uh, there's some, uh, people love going back to the blue-black reanimator deck and trying to play that controller reanimator style, but because everyone's hyped up for the super-fast reanimator deck, there's no chance they're ever going to get their stuff online before they're dead because everyone's used to, like, gotta stop the reanimation spell and kill you, you know? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to... Like, I played against blue-black reanimator the other day, and it's just like, yeah, you can sideboard into show-and-tells, but, like, that just makes you more vulnerable to more things, like Iroblasts and stuff, whereas before reanimators, like, cares about, I don't know, like, eight cards that exist... Yeah. Well, that's all. I, and, you know, we've kept you for quite a while, so I think we should wrap it up. But thank you so much for coming on. 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, great being on. Uh, cool to finally join the cast after listening to you guys a lot. Um, I guess I, I wanted to say um, something else, kind of finally on that topic, where you, you're talking about like how do how does someone stick with a, a deck and um, get through the the rough times? And yeah, it's like about finding what is fun. But I think also a big part of it that has done it for me is um, finding a community that is supportive of you. Um, I routinely shout out the goblins community for being really really excellent and um supportive of each other like anytime someone's on a stream or anything like piling in and saying hello and really hyping each other up everyone it's just it's just a really nice group of people for the most part and i i'm really proud of like the community that's come together um yeah i mean i definitely agree with you on that that's the thing like decks the decks that have that sort of rewarding payoff do grow that community you know <laughs> yeah there's not a reanimator community i guess well, i mean there, there is but it's people checking in being like hey all I right you got it animator. all right later <laughs> right yeah so i, I love i love the idea that it, it's 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 all of them in a group chat like looking at a bunch of other fatties and like just looking at them and then looking at Grizzlebrand and then just putting it back down and then like closing their laptop <laughs> that's, See, they should reanimate muxus like that's a six two mat <laughs> Yeah. Just draw your other Yo, show and show and Muxus, show and tell Muxus is the is the future. That has happened. I've done that like four times so far, and I've won every time. Feels I good. mean, that's gotta be so great. It's it's it's, it's like I, <laughs> they show and tell Emrakul. I put in Muxus, and then I I hit like five goblins, and one of them was a pile driver, and I had a twelve twelve Muxus, a fifteen two pile driver, and a matron that found crater maker. And I just say crater maker wins there. Right? Yeah, and I, oh. I hit I kill her Emrakul and hit them for thirty seven or whatever. <laughs> They're opponents, dead. Opponent show and tells make for some of the best turnaround wins. It's it's so hilarious when your opponent has no idea that you that you have like a thing in hand that he does not want on the board. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I've tried, I've I've played confusion in the ranks before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just screwing around playing Omni Show one time, and I'm known, I was known as a rug player, and someone goes, "All right, show and tell, turn one," and I was like, uh, "Okay, omniscience." He was like, "Grizzlebrand." Oh my god, I draw, I draw, I draw, <laughs> and I just killed him. I killed him on his turn one. I didn't even get to take a turn. I saw, oh man, one of the best stream moments I ever saw is, uh, was on Honor Extreme. He was playing a Lurin, and his opponent goes to turn one show and tell, and he go, he puts in a Lurin and <laughs> and kills them in re- like before he even took a turn, kills them in response to like their cunning wish or the girls around whatever. It was beautiful, and it, and like it was a really like tight win too. He had like flicker Uro a couple times, uh, sharp like. Uh, Ice Fang Qual, he like almost bricked off of ten draws. He was going to like really light or something. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> Uro did a lot of legwork there by giving him lands. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was yes. crazy. But, yeah, oh yeah, but he had to brainstorm to find the payoff. So he got to put in the land with Uro before his first turn, yeah. <laughs> and he got to he brainstorm. The, brainstorm, and then yeah, the Uro also gave him the life back from Cavern Humphrey. What a card that Uro is. Yeah, I love Goblin Crater Maker that it can destroy. Emrakul. That is the ultimate like flavor. I guess it's a fail, yeah. but it's still like kind of it's kind of like a flavor win. Yeah, yeah. It, it either deals it deals two damage to like a Leovold and nothing happens. Right. Just yeah. So the elf the elf survives. Yeah. But the giant spaghetti monster does not. Yeah. I couldn't think of another X three besides Leovold, but like what's a good X three? Uh. Elk. Uh, elk. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, how about that? Like it can't, it can't destroy an Oko, but it can draw. It can destroy Ugin. 
<laughs> right, yeah. Who put that would in a fight? I'm 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 going to uh, I'm going to uh, play play the defense uh, on this uh, flavor judging. Uh, Emmercool was sealed away, right? He was locked away in the moon, right? That's where he was imprisoned by Tamio. Oh, and yeah. there are craters right? on the moon. Craters on the moon. <laughs> craters uh-huh. on the moon. Emmercool's weakness is linearly craters. It's wow. Craters. Okay, there you go. Wow, you got it, Phil. It's I think that's a oh that's God. a great place to end the podcast for today. <laughs> it's a flavor win. Eli, it's it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Uh, thank you so much. This is great. It was a lot of fun. All right. We will catch everyone uh, next week. Have a good one. Bye. Hi. This game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi. This game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi. This game is fun. This game Excuse is me. dumb. My name is Can Ficky I have Ficky the attention of Watsy? Hi. This game is fun. One this game second. is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, kids. Do you like islands? Want to cast some elemental dinosaur hippo hybrids? Creatures with text boxes longer than vendor buy lists? Cool cards that'll get fucked by some Simic Mythics? Reprinted dead weight, can't sequence the spells straight. I'm unlikely to even top eight my friend's MySpace. Foresight said, transgressive cards need a place to live. But why? We have to abide by the reserve list. Since age 12, I hated myself. Fetch lands, tutoring perfect mana for some reason never helped. Selling secret lair for a month's rent is rude, dude. During a pandemic, it's like sneezing in my mouth. Oh, ew. Back to basics should have obviously cost rainbow. Decks like 69 color Snoko pretty much say so. Nice. Yo, Phil, why you acting all out of whack, kid? Fuck Chalice of the Void. I yelled from the loser's bracket. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Oko Thief of Crowns having a six pack is weird. Dude eats more food than Kobayashi does in a year. He's more loyal than a professionally trained golden retriever, even though he's a thief and turned the king into a beater. Akoya's creature types were pulled out of a hat. There's octopi, nightmares, fox sharks, and bats. Overpriced cycles and ad nauseum's cat, and an otter got banned from the casual format. 99% of the set's cards are unplayable, except there's a planeswalker polymorph available. Get ready to get slapped in the dick with the spaghetti monster, because Grim Monolith makes that fox an Eldrazi Maelstrom Wanderer. Try and guess the names of all the wedges. The cons of Tarkir time traveling with senses up until their names got replaced in development. Guess mutate as a mechanic ultimately was relevant. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Hi, this game is fun. This game is dumb. My name is Ficky 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 Force of Phil. Astrolabe makes all the colors fake. Melt the snow with a band hammer made out of lava cake. Sensei's top will greet it from beyond, where Deathrite Shaman gets probed by Jataxions. There's a heavenly whale that flies for double blue. It's like Ophidian smuggled the copter without the loots. Boss's oracle predicts doomsday's on the way. Street Wraith finds a diamond that'll divorce you from the game. 
Miracles fails to keep a counterbalance Because a veil of summer has covered the snowy islands The mystic monastery monks entreat the angels As well as my fat ass handles a dozen bagels I lay awake refreshing the spoilers in my head Trying to understand if mutate makes any sense Maybe rose water will lay off the parasitics The way my competitive record lays off the winning Hi, this game is fun This game is dumb My name is Ficky 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 Force of Bill. Hi, this game is fun This game is dumb My name is Ficky 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 Force of Bill. Hi, this game is fun This game is dumb My name is Ficky 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 Force of Bill. Hi, this game is Fun? This game is dumb? My name is Ficky 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 Force of Bill. Many of you know the fastest miracles player alive. Call me the Nostradamus of dumb shit. Big surprise. I mean it sucks, my lasab not brew when awry. Of course the only mythics that I like are left to die. I wonder if there will be a time we stop complaining About all the competence future future leagues curtailing I'd imagine if we did you wouldn't even know the difference. They seriously printed sorceries with flash, those are instants. They're instants. You can't fucking fool me, Watsy. They're instants. <laughs>